For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the draft special from the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast. Draft special brought to you by RT Sports. Go check them out at rtsports.com slash fantasy. They have a great commissioner service that you can set up any type of league that you want. Just tons of customizable options. Um, and including which this episode, we're going to be talking about bench strategy. So if you have a lot of fab specific type of waivers or different kind of waivers set up, you can do all that with their commissioner service. Uh, they also have tremendous support, which I really don't think you can get anywhere else. You can email them, call, uh, get assistance on setting up your league, uh, set up questions, etc. So Seth, let's get into it. Bench, how important is the bench to your overall team and strategy in, when considering roster construction? Um, it's always important, uh, depending on how well you, how well the draft goes for you in terms of drafting your starters. It can be more important than than other years. You know, if you do a really good job nailing out your starting lineup and everybody stays healthy, your bench isn't as important. But you just never know what's going to happen. Injuries happen. Uh, you have bye weeks. And, um, you know, the bench is extremely valuable. So we, we always break it down into like two main categories. And you know, we got a third one, which you'll talk about. Um, we got the high floor players, you know, putting players in your bench that can that you can plug in um, and, and get you, you know, they have a high floor. They can get you points. Um, and then you have your liquid bench assets. And now this might be, um, you know, liquid bench assets are players you, you kind of have on a short leash. Players that... Y- they're valuable because they might have upside. They're players that you don't have to worry. It's not like that rookie running back that might not start um, until week five when you have to roster him and just taking up a roster spot. These are players you can, you know, churn and burn, um, put them on your bench. If they have a bad week, you can just, you can drop them and pick somebody else up because there's always going to be players that crop up on the waiver wire um, and you have to drop somebody to pick them up. So you want to have those players that are expendable. Um, so we, we kind of divide it into those two categories. And then, Jeff, you have a third category that we're implementing this year is called 10-bagger. Um, talk to us a little bit behind, you know, what that means and the importance of it. Yes, yeah, so when you're yeah, – as you described with the other two main categories for your bench, you're – I mean, these people are going to serve different roles. And, you know, you don't want to have – let's say your bench is five – deep you don't want to have five high floor players and you don't want to have five liquid bench players uh bench assets um the idea obviously the liquid bench asset is that we need to be able to be flexible on rotating some people in and out quickly but if you if you only have good people that shouldn't be dropped that presents it challenging Uh, the other spot on your team that, that you really want to have some kind of allocation to not a lot very little is this this high risk, high reward. This this multiple return. We we need to be able to get some potential game changers, 
at the end of our roster. And that's where 10 bagger is. It's about getting 10 times the return that you invested in in your draft capital. So these are um, 10 baggers. All of our players that we have listed here in each of these categories uh, start from the ninth round or later. That's kind of the round that we just decided that uh, based on most rosters is probably when you're starting to look at your bench players. And you probably only want if you have six bench spots, you probably don't want to out. You probably don't want to have more than one of those spots filled by a ten bagger, right? You're 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 probably only rostering one ten bagger, maybe two tops. Two definitely max, yeah. Unless yeah. like like I got a couple QBs here, so I would say maybe like if you if you happen to have one of the QBs, um, you know. And we've talked about some of these players in each of these different categories. Most of these are going to be pretty new, actually. But in, so if, if positional wise, I probably only want one to be honest, um, because some of these are also they're not they're not as like free for me to let go like the liquid bench asset that we're going to get some intel really quickly on. I, it might take time yeah. for me to understand and, and for them to develop into into what they are. So you just don't want to be holding on to to too many of those for too long. Yeah, so for me, like if you have a six, if you have a six-player bench, we'll get a, little, a bench strategy first before we go into the players. I mean, um, yeah, I, yeah, let's say you have six bench spots. I'm thinking, you know, I'm having two liquid bench assets at least. I'm probably having um, two high-floor players, maybe, maybe one receiver, maybe one running back, um, and then maybe two two ten baggers, right? So you have two of each, two ten baggers, yeah. two liquid bench assets, and depending on like like how like if if you have two stud running backs, you know, maybe you don't even roster a, um, you know, maybe you roster one total running back. Maybe he's a liquid bench asset running back. Right. So, um, yeah, like you, you might know. not need a high floor running back if like your running backs are super supreme. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm probably rostering more running backs on my bench than wide receivers just because they're, they're, they're harder to find on the waiver wire than receivers. So I want to make sure I get them on draft day. But, it, just in general, two from each category. Um, I think what we'll do is I'll I'll list off my players and then we can talk about them. Um, I got five players for each, and a lot of these players we've already talked about quite a bit, so we won't go too in depth in terms of the the you know into each individual player, but just like general you know reasons why we we have them in here. Um, for high floor players, um, the my five are Russell Gage, who's going in the eleventh round, and, and and just to be clear too, bench players depending on how deep people's leagues are. Your bench could start in round eight. It could start in round ten. Um, you know, maybe you you can only start two running backs, but you draft your third and fourth running back. You know, in rounds five and six, right? And then they're technically your bench. But just a, a general rule of thumb: all the players we're talking about are rounds nine and later. So I have Russell Gage going around eleven, Brandon Cooks going around nine, uh, Jarvis Landry in round ten. Naheem Hines in round 10 and JD McKissick in round nine. So these are high floor players that have that, that clearly defined role that, that you're not worried about getting you a zero bomb that you can play, um, that you can start at any, any given point in time. If you had to, it's not like a, it's not like a handcuff running back that that's going to get you a zero bomb. Um, we've talked about Russell Gage and, and, you know, Brandon cooks, I would say, if if Watson's not going to play, even if Watson doesn't play, I still like Brandon Cooks as a high floor player. Maybe it means you get him a round or two later. Um, yeah, but he had, I think that's what would happen with Cooks. His whole actually just go down, and then it would be just proportionate to because he's still going to fit that role. I think 
because he's going to be the number one, um, he's he's still going to fit that role. But if Watson doesn't play, he'll fall behind probably Gage and Landry. Uh, but you got to really, really, really like Gage and Landry. I mean, it, it almost might make you think like to <laughs> skip a uh, last flex player to 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 the, to the amount of success that they had last year, finishing as the number thirty three and thirty uh seven wide receivers. So they both finished as wide receiver threes. You know, you're not drafting them as wide receiver threes. They finished as um Landry finished three points behind Chris Godwin and and uh Russell Gage finished ten points behind him. So you gotta really like what these people can present to your team just just sliding them in as late as you as you're getting them. Um so I really like those a lot. Um and so I was just mentioning to you that uh, you, I got to really keep in mind of not drafting, you know, only high possession, you know, low touchdown types of players because there are people like Gage and Landry that can really fit that, can kind of kind of really fit that role if you have, which won't make as much sense if I already have too many of them in the tenth and eleventh round. So like that a lot. Brand Cooks, he's been surprisingly just consistent last year he was very solid where, where Brandon Cooks finished last year um which again I know is going to change a little bit he finished as a 17th wide receiver he would be going a lot higher if Watson was actually playing um so those are those are some easy I think really easy ones that everyone can get on board with and then when it comes to high floor and running backs generally speaking we like to try and target the people that are going to be catching a lot of passes. That's a little bit more consistent from game to game. Naheem Hines, Jamie McKissick, uh, yeah. as we talked about a lot last last episode, um, really presents that 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 nice value of I can slide them in whenever I need to. Yeah, both 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 are solid. You, you can start either one. Naheem Hines, you know, ADP falling a little bit because of the Carson Wentz injury. But we you know we what we talked about with JD McKissick in the last episode. Just combine the for these types of running backs, combine the rushing yards and um, the passing yards with JD McKissick. He had 862 total yards, um, 63 catches, seven touchdowns. I mean, for the tenth round, you know, even if he doesn't quite you know eclipse seven touchdowns again, he's still going to probably be worth your return on investment. So. Um, you know, love those again. These aren't designed to be sexy names. These are just players that ha- that are have a high floor. That's exactly what it sounds like. So it's important to have some of these players. Um, liquid bench assets. You know, these might be higher ceiling type guys. These might be guys that have been around for a while and have been disappointing. And you're like, I'm going to give them one more chance. And if they don't do something in the first two weeks, I'm just going to cut bait. Um, so for these guys, I have Jamal Williams, um, going at the end of the ninth round, um, now backing up, um, DeAndre Swift in Detroit, Henry Ruggs going in the 10th round, Marquise Brown going in the 11th round, Devonte Parker going in the 14th and Kenyon Drake going in the ninth. So right off the bat, and I'll let you react to this. Um, w- one theme I have here is you have three, you have two players in Marquise Brown and in Devonte Parker who have Devonte Parker had, I think towards 2019, he had a breakout season, really disappointing last year. And Marquise Brown, through his first in his first two years in the NFL, really just he's been very disappointing. Um, this is a, a put up or shut up year for both of them. And for me, I like them as liquid bench assets because if if either one of them has two bad games in a row, I'm moving on. I have a, a quick, you know, um, they're on a short lease. So I'm a quick trigger. And same thing with with Henry Ruggs, even though he's only a second year. 
He's been a boomer bust guy. Didn't have a really good rookie season. He entered his rookie season as having that kind of question mark as being like a boomer bust type player. If he has, you know, single digit points week one and week two, I'd be very comfortable dropping him as well. And then Jamal Williams is kind of different in the sense that I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't love it. Like we don't love Detroit in general. We don't love DeAndre Swift. So it's like, why would we love the backup? But you know, maybe he's a thorn in DeAndre Swift's side. Maybe he just does enough to to move into that high floor category um, on our bench. So for that reason, I'm keeping him. And if it doesn't materialize and he doesn't really get much work and he doesn't do anything, I'm fine dropping him after one or two weeks. Yeah, I mean, we you really don't know sometimes how these, especially with new coaches, right? How's that system going to look? Is DeAndre Swift really getting all the carries or not? Um, you know, we definitely don't like Jamal Williams, but he does definitely. Um, he is a liquid bench asset you know, through and through where, you know, let's see if he is actually getting 10 plus touches. I also see Jamal Williams the type of person that just completely drops in the draft and he's going around 13. And then at that point you're like, okay, well I'll give this guy one week and see what it looks like. Same with Kenyon Drake. Um, I think another running back actually we could add to this is uh Tariq Cohen. I mean, we could add him and see what's going on with that, that breakdown in Chicago. He's going like in the, think in the 12th round, uh, but I'd really like the Henry Ruggs one too, because like, the upsides there, it's intriguing. We don't have as much um, data as, like, say, Marquise Brown. Definitely not as much as Devontae Parker. But the, the rookie season was so disappointing that I don't have any kind of confidence or trust that he can actually put it together. I don't think he had ever had more than five targets in a single game. Um, but you never know. I mean, like, with the amount of draft capital they put in him, they got rid of Nelson Aguilar. So maybe there is something there. But in you know within a couple of weeks, hopefully we can get that data, and so you can you can draft him, uh, hope for some upside, and if not, move on pretty quickly. And I Kenyon Drake, I, one player I didn't talk about a lot in that out of that list is Kenyon Drake. I have him there, and maybe it's 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 probably he's probably the least liquid out of the out of the five of them. But my thinking with him is if it's going to be a straight handcuff situation, I, I'm not going to wait around. I'm fine cutting him. I'm not going to wait for for Josh Jacobs to go down. But if he's if he's providing some value and it's more, it's close to a 50 50 split. Um, and I can, you know, I'm looking to move at least to move these players into the high floor category or they pop and boom, they're a clear cut starter. Like, like Henry Ruggs, if he pops, which I'm, you know, color me skeptical. If he pops though, same thing with like Marquise Brown, potentially I, they could move into a flex flex category. They could start if they, if they reach their ceiling. Whereas Kenny and Drake, I have him in liquid bench because I'm really looking for him to be a high floor guy or for him, you know, for Josh Jacobs to get injured and he becomes the starter. So, yeah, Marquise Brown is another great one, too. I mean, he's he's, you know, done better from last year to this year. I was actually pulling some numbers and last year, I mean, this is the, the typical of a potentially overreaction. Last year, he was drafted in the fifth round. I mean, him going in the fifth round reminds me a lot of these younger players that we're talking about going as early as they're going. That you might you might be there's going to be some disappointing youthful players getting drafted that you know people have a lot of trust and hope on that they're going to take it to the next level and they just don't. But Marquise Brown still finished as wide receiver 36, so he's a wide receiver three. Um, clearly he's dropping from fifth round last year all the way to, where's he going? 11th round this year. 
the upside is probably pretty limited, but he could build on that. And so I think I, I like that as a, as, as a good player to see what's going on. I mean, we all know that Baltimore runs more than they pass, and they obviously have Lamar Jackson who can't throw great, and they drafted a, a good Char young— Bateman, yeah. And then they drafted another guy. So, I mean, I get it, but well, you never know. I mean, you just it's always tough to tell. So, And that's why he fits in the category of liquid bench assets. Uh, moving over to the 10-baggers, here I was trying to find some players that I wouldn't mind having on my team— and it, it might take a few weeks to kind of polish off and figure out who they really are. Um, so one good example, I think, of that is Michael Pittman, who had a decent year last year with Philip Rivers. He was a rookie. I, I think he's got some upside. He was a little bit inconsistent, as you would expect, out of a rookie. And I don't think that's someone that especially with Carson Wentz not being there, someone that I don't think you can really kind of give up on right away. But, I mean, he had 40 catches last year in 13 games. He didn't really come through on the touchdowns for whatever reason. So, But he's got the nice size. Carson Wentz is not there. I could also see him kind of dropping even further. Um, but he's the type of person that I think can really uh, generate some tremendous returns if Wentz can come back and he can really take it to the next level um, as a wide receiver. So uh, all of these guys have a lot of red flags. Um, all of these guys are going pretty late for a reason. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so before I react, we'll list off the players one more time. Well, I just, I said, I only talked about Michael Pittman there. Oh, okay. Um, um, and yeah. I'll, I'll, let me do the other wide receiver. Go, yeah. Go through all the players. Just list off the players and then we can, we can react to them. Okay. After. And then, so the other receiver I have is LaVisco Chenault, the rookie wide receiver out of Jacksonville. You know, here's an interesting one where he's clearly he's clearly getting downgraded because they brought in Marvin Jones and there's a different staff there. I mean, it's really tough to know who's really going to come through on the the Jacksonville side. I mean, it could you know, we're all anticipating DJ Chark, but I mean, could is Trevor Lawrence good enough where maybe two of them are good? Is Marvin Jones really a has been, which he kind of is? So th- that one's a pretty interesting one that I think could could generate a lot of good returns. Uh, there's only one kind of handcuffy type of player I put on here just because it's so clear. A lot of times with these handcuffs, which I think is not being, it's kind of basically fading out and phasing out of fantasy because a lot of times these running backs that do go down that are starters are being replaced by committees and, and certain and certain running backs just aren't good behind them and people are coming to that realization. But one that's definitely not the case is Alexander Madison. This is probably kind of an obvious one. I mean, I don't think you need to have Dalvin Cook to go out and draft Madison and you're you're drafting a lottery ticket is what you're doing there. Um then you we have Xavier Jones. The other running back, back up to the Rams. And I love to watch what a team does versus what they say. And what the Rams did is said, we're cool with who we have. We know Darrell Henderson's a nice running back, but he's not great. And he's going in the fourth round. So is there a potential that we don't know enough about Xavier Jones? They feel comfortable enough not to bring anyone in. Like, who knows how that situation looks? Maybe Darrell Henderson's actually really bad and Xavier Jones ends up earning the job over him. Or maybe it's an, a split enough backfield where he's actually producing very similar numbers 
to someone else who's splitting a backfield and can be in like the RB3 territory. You know, can he can he produce 75% of what Kareem Hunt does or James Robinson? Tough to tough to know, but um, it's definitely not someone that I want to go out and pay for after week one or two um, as the Rams kind of continue using him more. And then next thing you know, you don't have him on your team. And then lastly, uh, some quarterback, Seth, talked, about, talked a lot about him. I think the, the, the potential of a 10-bagger is clear with Cam Newton uh, going in the 14th round, you know, if he ends up starting the whole season. And the other obvious ones are, you know, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I think I, I think they're all projected to play. I'm going to guess like Noon and Lance is like a, a, around the eight game territory um, that could play a lot more. And then Fields to me is a lot closer to like the 10 to 12 plus range. Yeah, so. I, I yeah, and it depends on if they're the starter or not. That could change. Obviously, if they're starters going into the season, this changes that cal that calculus. I mean, it, I think Lance probably won't be the starter, so I think I like that a lot. I like your um Alexander Madison for sure. I'm trying to think of other handcuff running backs that, that might fit this criteria. I think we've seen Latavius Murray at least Latavius Murray kind of fit that criteria. If anything is to happen to Kamara. Maybe Troy Pollard in Dallas, but the number one clear-cut handcuff that, that yeah, like and, I, and you know, and Latavius Murray, he he'll, he'll have his games, but especially without Drew Brees, I don't know if he's going to necessarily be like a true, true yeah. difference maker. Tony Pollard's, I, I think, proven that he he really can't. So I don't I don't think that's a good one. But you know, Latavius Murray. I mean, there's going to be other ones, but none of them really excite me the way that like getting Alexander Madison to take over the job. I mean, I guess Kareem Hunt, but he's going in the fourth round, so these are all relative. So yeah. Yeah, um, I like Chenault. You never you got a new regime, new quarterback. You just he had never 33 know. targets over his last four games too, so came on really strong towards the end of last season. Um, I like that one. The only one I'm not a fan of, really, given the situation, is Michael Pittman. I just don't think he's yeah. a good ten bagger. I think he's a liquid bench asset, and you wait a week or two, you give him a couple weeks, and if he doesn't do anything, you drop him. I, yeah. I just don't see. I, that's I, not I a bad. See. That's not a bad point. I mean, I could I could probably get with you there. Um, he's probably closer to like a Rugs and Brown, where you're got a second, third year guy. I'm fair with that. I, I think that's probably an accurate uh, statement. Yeah. So just to recap, you got we got our three categories. We got our high floor players. Um, you got the liquid at bench assets, the churn and burn players, the players that you're you're keeping on a short leash, and you got your ten your your ten ten baggers. High risk, high reward. Um, yeah, and, you gotta you gotta and, roster him, but your big payoff. Yeah, and, and and you know, be intentional about this. So when you start getting to these rounds, be intentional of not drafting, you know, four high floor guys because you're gonna actually just end up dropping one because they're all the same and you have too many of them and you didn't take a crack and a swing at a liquid bench asset and hope that you know, oh, this high floor wide receiver and you didn't grab a liquid bench asset on a running back or a 10 bagger. So be very intentional. Um, even if you don't like the makeup of your bench, it's going to change and evolve. So don't put yourself in a corner by again, only grabbing five high floor players. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see any, and I want to, I'm going to finalize this bench strategy. So we're talking about two, 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 um, any parting, 
final thoughts, um, maybe anything that we missed? No, I, I think I think you made a good point. Just as you're, you know, getting towards the end of the draft, it's easy to just get, you know, really relaxed with it and just, you know, get lazy and say, oh, "I'm just going to draft this player." There's nobody good. I'll just grab this. Just ask yourself which category do they fit in. Do they what purpose do they serve on your bench? Are they a high floor guy, a liquid bench asset, a ten bagger? Um, and just, just, you know, make sure you don't have too many, too many 10 baggers because they're going to clog up a lot of roster space and you're going to need to clear a room to, to pick somebody up. So you want to have a good, healthy balance of all. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's about it. All right. Love it. Short, sweet. It's the bench. We're getting real close to, uh, the mock draft, but before that, we've got our path system next. We're super excited to, to review all the path players on there. Uh, We are the NFL Talking Heads. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. We'll catch you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.